This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to the Registered Investment Advisor Podcast, where financial services marketing expert Seth Green interviews experts, executives, and top producers to share can't-miss tips on how they successfully manage their financial service firms, grow their businesses, create great relationships, and influence the industry. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Wayne Titus III, formerly of Savant Wealth. And we'll talk about what that formerly means in just a minute. Wayne, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks, Seth. And it was actually formerly AMDG Financial, and we became Savant. Got it. And well, let's go back in time, because before we talk about the change you recently went through, let's talk about your career before then. You've been in the financial industry for a long time. How did you get started? Yeah, I actually started uh, in sales and sales management uh, for cars and boats a long, long time ago. Uh, Went back, got an accounting degree, and my CPA started working with uh, uh, Ernst & Young, uh, then joined Coopers and Libran. They merged with PricewaterhouseCoopers. And I was basically involved in financial audits, but with a specialization on systems audit and control. Okay. And then how does that lead to Savant? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I started my practice, AMDG Financial, in 2002. And because I had the the business process understanding and things like that, I, I set up a firm that was fee-only fee and uh, fiduciary and focused on, uh, you know, serving clients, families, small businesses, integrating tax, financial, and investment strategy. And over the years, you know, my biggest concern was making sure that my clients were taken care of if something ever happened to me. And so I started diligently, probably in about 2014, uh, started trying to figure out how I could put into place a succession plan. I developed that and was able to bring on a number of partners. So by the time we merged with Savant, we had five partners in the practice, which you would think would be enough for a succession plan. And and we thought that it was. But in looking at the marketplace, what's happening with consolidation and our ability to to compete against uh, larger firms and to have access to the tools that they have to serve our clients was, was really a big part of that process. And so we began to explore different opportunities, you know, and there are a number of different kinds of ways that you can do this, but we explored a number of different opportunities and, and, you know, we landed where we did. And I'm sure the longer version of that story should be in a book somewhere. Let's talk about um, the most recent transition and how that came about. Sure. Well, about 30 months ago, I was really approached, you know, I, usually didn't answer these phone calls, but I was approached by a, a large firm, uh, was interested in in talking about uh, purchasing my practice. And as I began to to talk with them, I, I began to learn a little bit more about who these different players are. And, you know, it, it was strange because I felt like it, at some points I was haggling over a used car. Like, you know, they would say like, this is what we think you're worth. What, that's not enough? So how much would it take? <laughs> it's just, 
you know, go home with this RAA today. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, wait a second, this is not how this this works. And that was a, you know, a PPC backed firm. Uh, You know, I also explored working with investment banking firms and consultants on doing, doing due diligence for us. Uh, What I kind of came to learn is they're really not a fiduciary for me and that they get paid no matter, no matter what. So the terms of the deal might look good to me on paper, but as soon as the deal was inked, uh, whether or not those terms were good, the consultant or the investment uh, firm was paid. And so all their motivation was, was really to close deals. So I finally kind of came to the point where I said, I've got to do this myself. So my partners and I, you know, started looking around and we went through that due diligence process ourselves. Uh, you know, we saw a press release that uh, Savant Wealth Management had put out saying they were looking for like-minded partners. I basically called them and started talking with the guy at the time, Mike Rain, who was running basically uh, all the business mergers inquiries. And he and I started a great conversation. And there was a number of things that I saw in that process that, uh, you know, I thought were fantastic. I know you started to touch on it briefly. What inspired you to want to sell in the first place? Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of firms are are really just doing investment management. We did a little bit more than that. I'm a CPA and I had a separate tax and accounting practice, which incidentally Savant purchased as well. But we integrated tax, financial and investment strategy, uh, which I thought was great. My clients thought it was great. They loved the one-stop shop kind of uh, an integration piece that we were able to provide for them. The thing that I saw was uh, the tools that are available take a lot of resources. So to be able to serve our clients in a better way, you know, we needed to be bigger. And the other thing was that they provided, Savant provided uh, more, you know, with their business model than we did. So they integrate the tax, the financial, the investment strategy, but they also have in-house legal experts they have a full-time division that does retirement planning. So all of these things are uh, you know, important aspects of what we're able to do. Additionally, you have those additional layers of support. We had really just one operations person that was backing us up. Now we've got you know, 100. <laughs> so if, if our operations person's out ill or, or wants to go on vacation, we can still move along you know, without a hitch. So having that duplication of roles, uh, cross-training and things like that is, is great, you know, at your own firm, but really it's more important when you start to talk about, you know, being able to continue to provide that high level of service for clients full-time. Absolutely. So how has your life and your business changed since then? You know, for my clients, the nice thing is I get comments from them is it doesn't really seem like it's any different, you know. Our team serves the same clients that we served before and new clients that come aboard. So for our clients, I think the best compliment is uh, nothing seems to have changed. The investment strategy was very, very similar to to what we had done previously. There were some tweaks to it, which was the other kind of benefit to us. Savant had a full-time investment research team and a full-time investment, uh, a chief investment officer. So you know, I couldn't spend 100% of my time doing all that. I had to, I was the chief cook and bottle washer, you know, just like my other partners. But now we have a, a full, full-time full research team to, to lean on. And so there's a lot of uh, niceties where you're removing some of the hats that you had previously as a smaller firm, you know, worrying about hiring, 
getting into the universities, getting good talent, all of that now with a larger firm is so much easier for us than it was before. And we have a lot less uh, administrative work that we really need to focus on. We can really just focus on serving our clients, which is what we what we like to do. Yeah. And it's the highest, best use of all of our time. How has it affected you personally? Uh, you know, personally, I think as a team, you know, Savant had a, a track record really of more uh, post-merger organic growth in their new offices. So we're seeing uh, we're seeing continued growth in our office, which I think is great. You know, personally, I've been able to focus more on transitioning and mentoring my team members, which, you know, I had less time to do that before because I was basically running my business. And as an owner of Savant, you know, my partners and I are, are among probably about 150 to 200 employee owners of Savant. Savant is an employee-owned uh, organization. And, you know, participating in pushing that firm forward and the future of that firm and having that equity position, I think, is is something personally that's been quite rewarding. I would imagine so. Have you changed the use of your time at all? Because now that you, there's a whole lot of stuff you don't have to do anymore. Yeah, I'm focused more on uh, right now. I'm working on some awesome internal projects that uh, I think are going to change our firm and the industry as a whole. And I'm able to, like I said, just focus on my clients and and not have the distraction of you know, worrying about payroll and employee-related things or compliance uh, is another area that I, I really enjoyed giving up. So I'm still working full-time, but maybe not to the extent, you know, full-time for me as, as an owner of a smaller firm was like 60 or 70 hours a week, whereas now, you know, it's a little more reasonable. So I would say I claim back some of my time personally to do other things that I find fun. With all the success you've had for your clients and then as part of the acquisition, what's your biggest challenge now? Oh, gosh. Uh, biggest challenge? You know, I can't think of a biggest challenge right now. I can think of uh, some big benefits. One of the big benefits that I got uh, coming to Savant that was kind of unintended was we had, unfortunately, about six clients pass away this summer. And, you know, the unfortunate part with that is having to help their heirs and trustees kind of wind those things down. Uh, what I loved about it was once we kicked off that process in our system, we actually, within two or three days, received a, an estate planning checklist from our internal uh, attorneys on, you know, what should be done as a checklist for the, you know, for the trustee or for the, uh, the person trying to close down that estate. That was a, just a huge relief to the clients that I work with, and frankly, something that I hadn't anticipated. So uh, I can't think of any huge challenges that we're having at the moment, but I can definitely think of uh, examples of, of benefits. Well, let's put it in another, your passion is obvious. Um, what do you like best about what you're doing? Oh, just a bit, the ability to focus on, on helping people. You know, um, I think a lot of times the industry is focused on financial planning and providing a solution from a financial planning perspective, our focus is really more on uh, what are the underlying emotions and, and things that drive into the goals that the clients want to uh, want to achieve. I know, you know, previously in most most firms are driving out like one or two or three different client goals, you know, accomplishing, making sure that we have enough money to outlast us. We're driving out probably 10 or 15 goals in these conversations and then putting plans together to help them achieve them, which aren't necessarily all financial. So we're really getting to that point where we're walking in solidarity with the client through this process 
helping them achieve everything that's important to themselves, not just financial independence. That's a great answer. What do you do when you're not at the office? Uh, when I'm not at the office? Uh, well, you know, I love to sail. I uh, recently picked up uh, sail, sail racing, yacht racing, uh, and do the Mac race. Uh, done that twice. Uh, do around the cans racing and, uh, and leisurely cruising on a sailboat. I know you are also committed to constantly improving and personal development. What are some of the best books you've ever read? I think some of the most impactful books are Gina Wickman and EOS. I think uh, for small businesses, if you're not understanding your business processes and simplifying and improving things on an ongoing basis, uh, you're losing out to your competition. And so I think anything by Gina Wickman would be fantastic or is fantastic. Yeah, he's been on the podcast. We're huge fans of all things EOS. Um, for our folks who are watching and listening and want to learn more about what you're doing, where is the best place for them to go? Uh, they can go to savantwealth.com. And uh, that's our that's our firm website. All right. Well, then this has been Seth Green with Wayne Titus from SavantWealth.com. Wayne, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Seth. It was a pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time.